This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight we begin by hearing an episode from the series Dark Fantasy, an old-time radio horror and mystery program that was initially broadcast out of WKY Oklahoma City. Dark Fantasy had more emphasis on horror rather than mystery, but the show was also covered from some science fiction and murder mysteries. The show was so scary that it was broadcast on Friday nights when the nation's children were in bed. Dark Fantasy was the brainchild of celebrated old-time radio horror writer Scott Bishop. Bishop, also the creator of Mysterious Traveler and the Sealed Book, both excellent horror old-time radio shows with lasting appeal. Dark Fantasy was syndicated around the nation just after six weeks of local broadcasts. Scott Bishop continued to be the sole writer for Dark Fantasy, creating every chilling episode. The announcer of Dark Fantasy was Keith Payton, and the show was quite popular, but only remained on the air for one year. The title of the show we're about to hear, Rendezvous. Dark Fantasy. Rendezvous with Satan. Good people, let us remember him who has passed, not for what he was, not for what he did, but because he was, as all of us are, a temple of God. Let us remember that this which is about to return to common clay was molded from common clay. Today we gather here to pay our last tribute this now still flesh, lying here before us clothed in the coldness of death. Let us always remember, let us always remember. The man again, can you see him? Move his hands. What are you Please. Oh, no. No, surely you're mistaken. Oh, I distinctly saw his hand move. I couldn't have. Carl. Carl. Oh, my darling. 
What's happened to me? Just lie still, Carl Fisher. This craft is most fragile. Where, where am I? Where would you be after death? Death? You say death? Yes. Am I dead? They have your body in a church, Carl. Imagine you in a church. No. No, you're mistaken. This is no church. I I'm right here. Apparently you are, yes. But we are most careful when we bring you here. We take every precaution to uh, relieve the shock. Shock? Of finding yourself in the midst of fire and brimstone. Hot. It's so hot. <laughs> you get used to it. Where am I? Your soul is here with me. Your body is back on earth. At present, resting within a satin-lined coffin. Coffin? Yes. They're soon going to place you within a tomb. Oh, I don't believe you. Don't you? Personally, makes no difference to me whether you do or not. But for your own satisfaction, suppose you feel for yourself. What? Yes. Reach up with your right hand. Reach up. Feel the casket lining by your head. Go right ahead. There. You see? Yes. But, but I'm lying in the bottom of a boat. Only your soul is. This is some trick. The boat is satin lined. <laughs> I'll admit, Carl Fisher, I am generally most concerned about my own comfort. But as far as lining one of my boats with satin, no. I fear that would be too much, even for Satan. Satan? Yes. Here, let me prove to you the boat is not cloth-lined. There. You see? You devil. <laughs> That's irony. You are a devil. Yes, I am. But not just a devil. The devil. You mean I'm really dead? One never dies, Carl. The common clay perishes, yes. But only the common clay. Let me out of here. I'm sorry. You see, you can't move until I permit you to. But I moved my hand a moment ago. Felt the lining near my head. That's because I wished you to. Nothing is done here unless I order it done. Then... Then I am dead. Only your body. <laughs> it might interest you to know. You caused quite a commotion up there a moment ago when you interrupted your funeral oration by suddenly moving in your casket. Yes, quite a commotion. Only two people saw you. One of them was a woman. You frightened her, Carl. But they've taken her away now. You mean my body actually is being preached over? Oh, yes. Indeed, yes. You were a prominent man on earth, Carl. 
Naturally, yours is a most elegant funeral. So many flowers, half of them could be brought into the church. People standing outside, on the sidewalk even. Is Laura there? Your wife? Oh, certainly. Where else would she be? Uh, a church, you say? Yes. Amazes you, doesn't it? You haven't been in a church for 35 years. No. You wouldn't even permit your daughter to be buried from a church, Carl. But she went to heaven. Anyway. Stop it, stop it. Do you remember Reverend Brooks, Carl? Reverend Brooks? Yes. He married you. Remember? Today, he's officiating at your funeral. No, no. Would you like to hear what he's saying, Carl? Listen. If Carl Fisher has brought tragedy into our lives, let us remember that out of tragedy, good can arise. Soon that tragedy will be forgotten. But let us never forget Carl Fisher. Let us remember him always as a Christian. You hear, Carl? A Christian, he says. Stop. Stop that voice. Listen, Carl. Let us pray for him often and ask Almighty God to grant him pardon. Let us be generous towards him that finally the supreme ruler may in turn be generous towards us. No. No, stop him. Stop him. I don't want to hear anymore. Did you hear what he said, Carl? He asked your friends, your family, your wife to forget your evil, to remember only what was good about you. Yes, Carl. But that leaves them nothing to remember. Oh, let me alone. No, Carl. They've nothing to remember. Because there was nothing about you that was good. I didn't have a chance. Chance? You say you didn't have a chance? Certainly not. Mm, well, I don't want to waste my breath by pointing out the chances you did have. I was forced into everything that happened. Forced, I say. Were you? Certainly I was. Haven't you ever heard of... Free will. Free will? Free will, you say? I haven't had a will of my own in the last 30 years. Haven't you, Carl? No. You know I haven't. I knew I was doing wrong. Sure, I knew it. I'd never have made my millions by, by being any other way. Your millions. Did you enjoy them, Carl? I, I was just beginning to, and... When I took charge of you. Is that it? Yes. Your millions aren't worth much here. Oh, where am I? Certainly you haven't lost your imagination. Where would you be? With fire on all sides and the smell of brimstone. And with me as your pilot on the river Styx. Styx? You remember. It's our largest river. Where are you taking me? I have a special assignment for you, Mr. Fisher. We have a certain reserve space for members like you down here. Inferno. Tell me. Am I in Hades? Does that surprise you? No. No, I can't be. I didn't want to die. I wanted to do what was right, but I couldn't. You didn't try. I was going to try. You've done nothing but evil for 30 years. You couldn't change now. I could, I tell you, I could. No, Carl. I'll make a bargain with you, Satan. Bargain? 
No one makes bargains with Satan. Give me a chance. Let me go back. Let me live my life over. I'll change. I swear I will. You'd never change. I will. I will. Let me go back. Let me show you. Let me prove I can do what's right. All right, Carl. <laughs> I'll bargain with you. It would at least relieve the dull monotony. You give me a chance? Yes, for 24 hours. 24 hours? Only 24 hours? Yes. Do nothing but good for 24 hours, and I'll not return to claim you. But if you fail... I won't fail. I won't, I won't. It's up to you, Carl. It's entirely up to you. But remember, only 24 hours. Only 24 hours, You really shouldn't have come tonight, Laura. You should rest. I know. But I couldn't rest. Poor Carl. He needed someone so badly those last few days. And I was away. Never dreaming what was happening. You mustn't blame yourself, Laura. Oh, I can't help it. I feel I deserted my husband. Just when a man needs his wife most. There'll come a time, Dr. West, when when I'll be afraid to come out here to the mausoleum. I wanted to come tonight to tell him goodbye. Goodbye? Yes. I loved my husband, David. Despite everything he did, he was the only one I ever cared for. Here, my dear, I have the key. I say, Laura, it's not locked. But I saw you lock it after the services this afternoon. I did lock it. I'd swear I did. Open the door. Yes. Do you have a light? Yes. Pocket flash. There. Oh, David. Empty. The casket's empty. David, for heaven's sakes, what's happened here? I don't know, but Carl always said he'd come back. What? Yes. He told me once he had no fear of death, because he knew he could always make a deal with Satan. Carl told you that? Yes. I, well, I laughed at him at the time, but now I wonder. I'd better go now, Laura. Sure you're feeling all right? Yes, I... I know I won't sleep tonight. You can relax. I can send you out a nurse if you like. Oh, no. No, I'd rather be alone. But if you need me, please don't hesitate to call. Thank you, David. Good night, my dear. Good night, David. And thank you so much for being such a dear. I'll... I'll call you in the morning. Good night. That's strange. Yes. I'm not hearing things. That's an electric razor running. 
be. There's no one in the apartment but myself. Laura, what is it? Carl, are you really there? What do you mean, am I really here? Of course I'm here. Heavens, I was right in the middle of my shaving. Oh, no. Laura, what's the matter with you? Why'd you call me? No, Carl, please don't come any closer, please. The world's gotten into you all of a sudden. Darling, is it really you? Really me? Now, what are you talking about? Carl, don't you know? Don't I know what? We... We buried you this afternoon. Carl, don't look at me like that. Buried me? Yes. Oh, darling, what's happened? Tell me what's happened. I don't know. Something's wrong. Carl. My... My head... Whirling. Dizzy. I don't remember what happened. Oh, darling, you're alive. Warm. Breathing. Yes, but I seem to have been away. It was so hot. There was a boat on a river. And a satin lined casket and... Oh, Laura. Darling, darling, you did come back. Dr. West said you would. Dr. West? Yes. David... He said you told him once you'd come back after... after you'd gone on. Laura. I have been dead, haven't I? Yes, Carl. I remember now. I was sitting at my desk. Sitting alone at night in my office. And then something happened. You were shot. In the back of the neck. Everything stopped. The next thing I knew, I was riding in the bottom of a boat lined with silk. No. It wasn't the boat that was lined. It was the casket. He told me to move my hand and I'd feel it. Who, Carl? Who told you? It was the devil. Carl. Yeah. I died. Went to Hades. But I bargained with Satan. I bargained with him. He took me up. Gave me 24 hours. 24 hours. Darling. Darling, I don't understand. Twenty-four hours to prove I could do good here on Earth. Oh, is it true? Can it be real? Yes, it is true. It's real. I can't believe it. Things like this just don't happen. This happened. But Carl, how? I made a bargain, I tell you. A bargain with Satan. And I have a rendezvous to keep with him. In Twenty-four hours. I'm so confused, Carl. If only... Who could that be? I'll go see. Oh, no. It's anyone we know. They they won't understand. You go back into the bedroom, dear. I'll see who it is. But the world's got to know sometime. People will know soon enough. Please, dear. I'm too upset for a scene to, to try to explain to anyone tonight. All right, my dear, if you wish. Thank you, darling. Just a moment. 
David. I had to come back, Laura. I couldn't stay away. David, please. Forgive me, dearest. But I've waited so long. David, please go. No. Not until I've talked to you. Some other time. I can't wait any longer, Laura. It's not fair for you to ask me to. Not fair? You know I love you, Laura. You've known it for months, years. David. You have known, haven't you? Yes, but... I've waited so long to have the right to tell you about my love. Now, oh, I... I know it's not right to come to you on the night of your husband's funeral and say these things. But I must know, Laura. I must know. I have nothing to say to you, David. Nothing. I know you were always madly in love with that criminal of a husband of yours. But that's over now. You'll have to forget him. Oh, remember, darling. You're a young woman yet. Your life is still ahead of you. You can't go on carrying a torch for someone who cared more about making a million dollars than making you happy. Please, David, don't say that. I have a right to say it. Now... I've kept it in check all of these years, waiting and hoping. And now Carl is dead. You hear me? Dead. Dead. You belong to me now. No, David. Not now or ever. Yes. Yes, I say, you're mine. If anyone has a right to you, I have. After everything I've done to get you. Will you go now, David? Oh, Laura, Laura, I need you. Oh, Laura, please say you'll marry me. No, David. I'll never marry But I know you care for me. I could make you learn to love me. No, never. I've had nothing for you, David, but friendship. I'll never have more. I know that's not true. Don't say that. It's not. You do care for me. I could tell by the way you kissed me. That's when I first began building my hopes. Kissed you? When did I kiss you? You haven't forgotten. The party in my penthouse. None more than three months ago. Your birthday party. Yes. All the girls kissed you that night. If you remember, we even made a sort of game out of it. Lined up like a bunch of high school girls to compliment our hosts. Yes, but you meant more than just a compliment that night. You imagined it. Oh, no. I kissed you just like the others. In full sight of my husband. And I, I might add, to his complete amusement. Carl wasn't in the room. You waited until he'd left before you got into line. Oh, nonsense, David. No. I knew that night you cared for me. That's when I began planning to make you mine. David, will you please go? Not until you've told me you'll marry me. I've told you I won't. There's someone else. Only my husband. Someone else. Someone who's alive. Please go, David. What's that? I want you to go. What was that? In that other room? Nothing. What are you... Nothing at all. What are you doing? I don't want you to ever come back here, David. What are you doing? I'm locking this door. I'm in no mood to have you go ransacking my place. There's someone in that room. David. So, so, you couldn't wait until your husband was safely buried. Couldn't wait. David. Well, he won't have you. You hear me? He won't have you. David. Please go now. Very well. But I'm telling you this, Laura. He won't have you. Whoever he is, he'll never have you. I promise you that. Carl? You hurt? Yes. Well? Go ahead. Go ahead, Carl. She 
She's been having an affair behind her back, hasn't she? She deserves to be killed, doesn't she? Well, go ahead and kill her. I don't have to tell you, Carl. I've never cared for him. Go ahead, Carl. Kill her. She's lying, don't you think? No one but you, darling. Ever. I can still tempt you, Carl. That's my job. That's how I keep my fires burning. I know you believe me, Carl. No. Don't believe her. She's never lied to you before, but there's always a first time. Darling, please don't stand there looking at me. Say something. She wants you to say something. Well, go ahead. Say something. Darling. It's all right, dearest. I believe you. say when I I walk out into the world again. Carl, don't you think it would be best for us to go away quietly? Someplace where we'd never be recognized? No, Laura. I have a bargain to fulfill. Only until three this afternoon. You'll spend that time with me then. I'm sorry, I can't. There's more to be done than probably either of us imagine. Where are you going? To the office first. I'll go with you. No, dear. I'll come back to you before I leave you again. To keep my rendezvous with Satan. Good morning, Miss Walling. Good morning, Mr. Fisher. You're early this morning, Mr. Fisher. Mr. Fisher. I'll spend all morning explaining. And nothing doing. I'll let myself in the office. West. Come in, Carl. I've been waiting for you. Sitting in my chair. At my desk. Yes. This is your gun, I believe. What's the meaning of this? I'm prepared to make a bargain with you. Bargain? Yes. What sort of a bargain? You died without leaving a will. I have one here dated three months before your death. Sign it, the business becomes mine. And I'll permit you to take away half of your seven million dollars and Laura. You permit me? Yes. You couldn't operate your business now? People wouldn't want to do business with a dead man. Do I look dead to you? Don't be facetious. I'm serious. I know all about what happened to you. When I came back to see Laura last night, I heard you talking before I pushed the buzzer. I don't understand it all, but I'm prepared to give Laura up for your business and half your cash. You killed me. What? You killed me. Fisher, keep back. I see it clearly now. I see now that Laura wasn't lying to me last night. She's never cared for you. I warn you, keep back, Fisher. I remember what you said to her. You said, if anyone has a right to you, Laura, I have. After everything I've done to get you. 
This gun is loaded, Carl. Yes, I see it all clearly now. Stay back. Stay away from me. The night she kissed you at the party. Remember what you said about that last night? That was the night you began planning to make her yours. If you come any nearer, I'll shoot. I'm not going to harm you, Dr. West. You'd like to get your hands on this gun. You'd like to kill me, wouldn't you? Kill you? No, I can't kill you. I've made a bargain not to. Then keep back. I could kill you, though. I've been proclaimed legally dead, you know. You can't hang a dead man. Keep back. One step farther and I'll shoot. I told you I don't intend to harm you. Stop where you are. I just want you to take a good look at me, doctor. Stop. Not one step farther. Not one step farther. Laura. Oh, darling, are you hurt? It's nothing. He shot you, Carl. Laura. That, That gun in your hand. I... I followed you here. I don't know why I brought the gun. Laura. You killed him. darling. Give it to me. No. Give it to me. Give it to me. Carl, you must get to a doctor. No. Look at the clock. No time for a doctor. You hurt badly. Oh, it doesn't matter. Give me that gun. Carl. Give it to me. There. Now. Now there. They'll think we shot each other. Carl! 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 Oh, my darling! My darling! You have won your bargain, Carl Fisher. There's no place here for you now. Rendezvous with Satan, tonight's original tale of dark fantasy by Scott Bishop, originating in the studios of WKY. Ben Morris was Carl Fisher, Blois Wright played Dr. David West, Eleanor Naylor Corrin was Laura Fisher, Fred Wayne took the part of Satan, Muir Height was heard as Reverend Brooks, and Georgiana Cook Height played the secretary. Next Friday at this time, listen for Scott Bishop's I Am Your Brother. Tom Paxton speaking. Dark Fantasy comes to you each Friday night from Oklahoma City. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for My Friend Irma, a media franchise that was spawned by a top-rated, long-running radio situation comedy created by writer-director Cy Howard. The radio show was so popular in the late 40s that its success escalated to films, television, even a comic strip. And the comic book, Marie Wilson portrayed the title character, Irma Peterson, and here's the episode entitled, The Reward. Lever Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap that gives you a wonderful new kind of suds, presents... Our friend, Swan, with my friend, Irma. 
Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgot, theirs will still be hot. My friend Irma! I studied French, Spanish, and Latin. I always thought Latin was the most difficult thing to understand. Then I met my friend Irma. Now, don't get me wrong, because me, Jane Stacy, I love that girl. It's only that she... Well, for instance, the other night I was reading the evening paper, and I said, Irma, honey, imagine a man 84 years old just became a father for the first time. And 84? Irma said... 84 years? Gee, what a long honeymoon. <laughs> I'll take Latin every time Right now, Irma's staring at the calendar Her watch has stopped So she's probably trying to figure out what time it is Irma, what's on your mind? Oh, Jane, honey, I just checked the calendar And do you know today is one year since we started rooming together? A year already? Gee, I can't believe it Let's see Oh, of course, the 1st of December We'd both agreed to share this room Mrs. O'Reilly said the rent would be $25 for the two of us, and you asked her to please make it 30 because you didn't know what half of 25 was. <laughs> well, in those days, I was much younger, didn't know as much as I do today. Yeah, yeah, honey. <laughs> yeah, you've come a long way. Oh, thank you. Uh, but, Jane, we just can't ignore an anniversary. Uh, we should have some kind of a celebration. I know, I'll buy you a present. Oh, no, honey, it's not necessary. I appreciate the thought, but you don't. I'll get it. Hello? Hello, Jane. Oh, Richard. Jane, would you mind doing me a favor? I'm away from the office, and I'm going to need some petty cash for this evening. So I've asked Peggy, you know, from the accounting department... Yeah? ...to drop $100 off at your apartment on her way home. Is that all right? Oh, sure, sure. I'll be glad to keep it for you. Oh, thank you very much. Now, I'll be by to pick up the $100 later. Bye. Bye, Richard. Uh, anything wrong, Jay? No, dear, it was Richard. He's coming by later. Let's see now. What were we talking about? Our anniversary. Gee, Jane, remember the fun we had when we first moved in together? Ah, uh, I'll never forget it, Irma. We couldn't decide who would sleep in the bed by the window, so you tossed a nickel. It flew out of the window, was picked up by a fellow who was walking past. He brought it up to find out how big a reward we'd give. <laughs> yes, wasn't that a romantic way to meet my boyfriend, Al? <laughs> Well, to me, it just goes to prove that if you don't hold on to your money, you can get into all kinds of trouble. Come in. Hello, Jane. Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al, honey. We were just talking about you. Ain't got no time for no chit-chat. Working on the hottest deal of my life. Oh, Al, not another deal. What happened to that wonderful process you had for removing the name from hotel towels? <laughs> Didn't work. Removed too much of the towel. In fact, was left with nothing but the name. But can't miss with my new deal. What is it, Al? Have an invisible ink for printing the answers in school books. Can only be, can only be read with special glasses. But, Al, won't the teachers find out? The glasses will only be made in junior sizes. Oh, Al, you're wonderful. Gee, Jane, is it any wonder Al's my everything? Don't worry, you won't always be that poor. <laughs> oh, please, Jane, don't insult Al on our anniversary. Anniversary? 
Chicken, is there something about us I should know? Oh, not me and you, Al. It's Jane and I. We've been rooming together one year today. Well, this calls for a celebration. Why don't you girls make me a dinner? <laughs> no, no, we want this day to be different. You eat out. <laughs> oh, but Jane Al is right. We should celebrate. I know. I'll bake a cake. Irma, please, please, no. Uh, not that you're a bad cook, but when most people bake a cake, no one can jump up and down or the cake will fall. When you bake a cake, we all have to jump up and down to get it loose from the stove. <laughs> well, I have a new recipe, and I'm going down to the grocer's and get some flour. I'd like to make an upside-down cake, but I don't know how to spell happy anniversary backwards. <laughs> well, just spell it the way you always do, and you can't miss. <laughs> all right, I'll... I won't say goodbye because I'll be right back. I'll just say Auf Wiedersehen. That's German for Gesundheit. <laughs> Great kid, ain't she, Jane? Oh, I think so. Of course, so many people wonder how I can keep living with a girl who thinks President Hoover invented the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and the DDT is a doctor of dentistry and teeth. And that Seabiscuit was fish bait. <laughs> but then again, I've never in my life met anyone with a bigger heart. With a greater warmth and an honesty of character than Irma has. I agree with you, 100%. Why do you think I want to make her my wife? That's because she's got a job. <laughs> Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Jenny and Al. Hello, Professor. Come on in. Thank you. Hi, Professor. Jenny, I hope you don't mind my stopping by for a minute. You see, the steam in my room is terrible. Steam? I didn't know you had steam in your room. Well, I haven't had it very long, but Mrs. O'Reilly just came up for the rent, and she found I couldn't pay her, so she started blowing off. <laughs> and I refused to stay in the steam room. Oh, Professor. Now, listen, Jenny. In the steam room, you get a massage, and Mrs. O'Reilly rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Where is my darling little Irma? Well, she went out to some flour. That reminds me. If Irma's going to make a cake, I'm going to go to the drugstore and get something to go with it. Ice cream? No, bicarbonate. <laughs> I'll see you later. Ah, that Jane's a great little kidder, huh? And by the way, Professor, the girls are celebrating an anniversary. It was just a year ago today when they moved in here. Uh, and what a ray of sunshine those girls have been. When they first moved in, I was sick in bed. And then Irma came up. She rubbed my head, held my hand, and sang little songs to me. You know, to this day, I can't enjoy music unless it's off-key. <laughs> Oh, hello, chicken. Back already? Oh, Al, look what I found on the street. A lady's handbag. Chicken, anybody see you pick it up? Al, I don't like the way you said that. I told you I found it. I wouldn't think of keeping it. That would be dishonest. Chicken, you're in the clear. It's only dishonest when you find something before it's lost. Oh, Al. <laughs> find out who lost it so we can return it. A good idea. Let's open up the handbag and find out who is the owner. Okay, empty the stuff there on the table, chicken. All right, Al. My, my, look at all the stuff a woman carries in her handbag. You know, it's the first five and ten cent store I've ever seen with leather walls. <laughs> oh, Al, this lady's handbag belongs to a man. What? Well, his name is right here on the watch, Ben Russ, probably short for Benjamin Russell. No, chicken, let's, let's keep looking. Mama, look what she's got here. Hair nets, hair pins, hair dye, hair ribbons, hair shampoo. Well, we know one thing, she can't be a bald-headed woman. 
Now, let's see. Cigarette case, lipstick. Uh-oh, this dame's a dangerous woman. Why, Al? She's got a driver's license. <laughs> and here's her name, Mrs. R.L. McLean. Gee, Al, look at all the money in this wallet. Yeah, and here's her address. Ardmore Towers, West End Avenue. Classy neighborhood. Probably wouldn't even miss the dough. Al, I'm surprised at you. Would you think of keeping this money? Uh, only for a charitable purpose. Chicken, did you ever hear of Robin Hood, the guy who took from the rich and gave to the poor? Yes. You think Robin Hood was a bad guy? No. You know anybody richer than Mrs. McLean? No. You know anybody poorer than me? No. <laughs> what do I have to do, learn how to shoot a bow and arrow? <laughs> no, Al, we must return it. Honesty is the best policy. Uh, don't you agree, Professor? Well, I can only talk from experience. Once I knew a poor street cleaner who found a wallet with $50,000. He took it home, and for three nights he couldn't sleep. His conscience was keeping him awake. Finally, he couldn't stand it any longer, so he took the wallet back to the rich man, who gave him a reward, and he went home and slept like a baby. What did he give him? Sleeping pills. <laughs> Is that the moral of the story? No, no. Then he overslept and lost his job. <laughs> you see, Irma? It doesn't make any difference, Al. We must return the money. Glad you came through, Chicken. Was only testing your character. Wouldn't touch the money myself. However, if this Mrs. McLean is so rich, I'm quite sure there'll be a reward involved. So we have to handle it on a businesslike basis. We gotta make her think we're rich, too... Then she'll be ashamed to offer us a small reward. Sounds plausible. What are you doing, Al? Well, her number's on the card on corner. Oh, hello, Mrs. McLean, please. Here, Chicken, you talk to her. When I put on a high-class voice, they get wise too quick. But, Al, I don't know what to say. Well, say something ritzy. Uh, you were out walking your Pomeranian uh, because your butler was in the bath. <laughs> you happened to glance in the gutter, and there was her purse. You got it? Got it. Hello? Mrs. McLean? Well, my Pomeranian went for a walk because I happened to glance in the gutter when my butler was taking a bath in your purse. Hold it, Chicken. Let, let me talk to her. Uh, Mrs. McLean, did you lose your handbag? Oh, you did? Well, uh, will you please describe the reward? I mean, the, the, the handbag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's it. Yeah, my fiance found the handbag, and we're prepared to surrender it. Yeah, yeah, it's sitting right here. Why don't you come down and bail it out? <laughs> oh, you're busy, but you'll send your secretary. With the reward. Good, good. Yeah, we're at 8224 West 73rd Street. Oh, it's only a block away. Fine. Yeah, we'll be waiting for your secretary. Goodbye. Wonder how big a reward a dame like that'll come through with. Chicken, when she comes, I'll handle it. Hello? Irma, this is Jane. Oh, hello, Jane. Where are you? Well, I decided to pick up my cleaning, honey. Listen, has anyone dropped by from Richard's office? No way. Anything I can do? No, no. I better come home and handle it myself. Goodbye, honey. Goodbye. <gasps> Gee, I forgot to tell her about the reward we're going to get. You don't have to. She's got a rich boyfriend. <gasps> oh, Al. You know, I feel so good that we're doing the right thing. You see, Al... I want to be honest, and I want you to be honest, too. Then, when we get married and have children, they'll be honest. Fine thing to look forward to, a family of street cleaners. 
speaking of street cleaners, I think I'll go up to that fifth floor gutter I live in. <laughs> Goodbye. Pardon me, uh, where does Jane Stacy live? Oh, why, lady? Is something wrong? Oh, no, no, not at all. I'm from Mr. Rhinelander's office. I'm supposed to deliver an envelope here to him. Oh, I see. The apartment is 3B. Thank you. Come in. Hello, I'm... Pat. I know. You're the secretary with the money. That's right. Uh-huh. I guess you know all about this envelope with $100. $100? It's, it's not the amount, chicken. It's, it's the thought behind it. We'll take it. Thank you, miss. And here's the handbag. Handbag? Well, nothing was said about a handbag. Just take it. Your employer knows all about it. Well, if you say so, I'll take it back to the office with me. Goodbye. How do you like that? Can't trust help. This Dame McLean sends her secretary, gives us the hundred bucks, and she don't even want to take the handbag back to her. Oh, Al, a hundred dollars of my own. Do you know what I'm going to do with this? What? I'm going to put it away for a little nest egg for us. Ain't interested in birds. Let's hatch it now, chicken. When you're in a hurry to get home, the distance always seems twice as long. Maybe I'm being a little overcautious, but I'd like to be home just so Richard's hundred dollars won't fall in the hands of Irma and Al by mistake. Gee, a hundred dollars. wonder what Richard's going to use it for. Take me out? Gee, as I walk along, I get a warm glow just thinking about him. What a wonderful guy. It's too bad he has such a limited vocabulary. Seems he just can't say, Jane, will you be mine? But leave here is coming, and so help me, I'm going to have a speech ready for January the 1st. I think I'll rehearse it right now. Let's see, I'll say, good evening, honey. And then I'll say, sweetheart, will you marry me? Sorry, lady, I already got five kids. Try the other side of the street. <laughs> Excuse me, I- I'm sorry. Well, after that, I stopped talking out loud and hurried home. I opened the door and called Irma. Irma! Oh, they're gone. Well, I guess I'll just wait around until Richard's secretary arrives with $100. Well, here's the bank, Al. I think I'll deposit my $100 reward. Chicken, I'm a little disappointed in you. I, I didn't think you'd be so cruel. Cruel? Yeah, you know what they say, your best friend is the dollar. Well, is it right to take all those nice friends and lock them up like criminals? <laughs> Gee, Al, I, I never thought of it that way. Well, what do you think I ought to do with the money? Well, Chicken, if you really want to look at it honestly, that hundred dollars isn't yours to keep. It's yours to enjoy. Its purpose is to reward you, to make you happy. Now, does going out with me and having a good time make you happy? Yes. Hey, yeah. And you figured it all out by yourself. Oh, yes, Al. You know, when we think together, we're a great team. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a Svengali and Trilby. Huh? Uh, what I mean, Chicken, is I lead the way and you back me up. <laughs> you understand? Oh, sure. You're the engine and I'm the caboose. <laughs> Choo-choo, Chicken. Get out that hundred bucks and let's go. Come in. 
Jane. Oh, hello, Richard. You're a little early. Your $100 hasn't arrived yet. Well, that's funny. I called the office and they said Peggy left with the money over an hour ago. Oh, well, well, it could have been delivered while I was out, but I don't see it anyplace, and I know that Irma wouldn't take anything that wasn't hers. Well, Jane, maybe I'd better go back to the office and check up. Richard? Why are you staring like that? What are you thinking? Oh, nothing. Don't uh, lie, Richard. You're thinking exactly the same thing I'm thinking. <laughs> Where do Irma and Al fit into this thing? Oh, now, please, Jane, I'm not making any accusations. It's just that, well, while I'm generally nervous when they're around, but well, when they're not, I get panicky. <laughs> oh, Richard, do you think Irma would take money that doesn't belong to her and spend it? Oh, of course not. Why, but... come in. How do you do? I'm Mrs. McLean's secretary. Yes? I've come for the handbag. I beg your pardon? The handbag. My employer described it over the phone for you. She did? Of course. Now, may I have it? This may come as a shock, but I don't know what you're talking about. My dear young lady, I'm here to claim the pocketbook you found and give you the reward. Now, where is it? R Richard, would you please tell her oh, that I... Oh, you don't have to tell me anything. I know what's happened. You had a change of heart. After looking at the contents of the bag, you decided to keep it. Well, it won't work, lady, and that goes for your accomplice, too. I beg your pardon. And I'm going to sit right here until I get that handbag. Well, there she sits. One eye on me and one eye on Richard. I don't know how to describe the expression on her face, but she could very easily be Peter Laurie with a wig. <laughs> what this is all about is just beyond me, and to top it off, I'm beginning to feel guilty. And Richard is shifting from one foot to the other and looking at me as though I'm a criminal. I'm trying to look back at him as if I'm not. Oh, Irma. Irma, wherever you are, won't you and Al please come back? We're trapped by Sitting Bull. <laughs> Please come in. Oh, hello, Peggy. Oh, hello, Mr. Rhinelander. I've been trying to get in touch with you. Why? Well, I don't mean to be impudent, but does this handbag belong to you? I should say it doesn't. That's the handbag my employer sent me for. So you didn't know anything about it, huh? Now, just a minute, madam. I... Pardon me. Am I intruding? Oh, Professor Kropotkin. Oh, a professor, huh? You people have a better setup here than Murder Incorporated. Please, uh, uh, Professor, can't you help us clarify this thing? You see, this woman accuses us of stealing somebody's handbag, and Richard's hundred dollars are missing, and I... Uh, Professor, I don't like the expression on your face. I feel a little sick. Jane, wait until you hear what I have to say. You'll have a relapse. <laughs> Here, lady, take your handbag. Now you're being sensible. Goodbye. Professor, if you know anything, please tell us. For Janie, it's simple. One, Irma found the handbag. Two, somebody brought her a hundred dollars. Three, she thought it was a reward. Four, she's out spending it without. Mr. Rhinelander, I'm awfully sorry. No, it wasn't your I... fault, Peggy. You go on back to the office. I'll see you later. All right. Goodbye. Oh, really? How could Irma make such a mistake? Janie, please, don't be so shocked. It's not such an impossible mistake, considering the fact that Irma has always believed the Flatiron Building is a place to take her laundry. <laughs> yeah, but, Professor, it's Richard's money. No, that's all right, Jane. It's just one of those things. No, no, Richard. The money was delivered here, and it's my responsibility. And besides, when Irma finds out what she's done, it'll just break her heart. Richard, we've just got to stop them before they spend it all. Well, where do we look for them? Simple. Where would any normal person go? 
I don't know. Well, all we got to do is to find out where any normal person will go, and they'll go in the opposite direction. Gee, let me think a minute. Let's see, there's the opera, the art museum, Carnegie Hall, and... Of course, Coney Island. Come on, let's go. Oh, Al, that was fun. I just love the merry-go-round. Let's go around again. All right, chicken. The night is still young. Sure, Al. We haven't even started to spend my hundred dollars yet. <laughs> well, Richard, Coney Island's an awful big place. Where do we start? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Well, let's ask that man by the scales. Uh, uh, pardon me, mister. Oh, sorry. We don't guess ladies' weights anymore. Them long skirts is throwing us. Oh. Well, I don't want my weight guess I want to know if you've seen a blonde girl With a fellow with shifty eyes Uh, yeah Yeah, come to think of it I saw him get on a merry-go-round You did? Yeah, I remember Because most people look dizzy when they get off She looked that way when she got on Yeah, well, that's her, all right Come on, Richard We're on the trail I think we've picked up their trail. I'll give you two to one that Irma just left the archery range. How do you know? Four people just walked by with arrows sticking in them. <laughs> Come on, let's ask the man here, right here at the refreshment stand. All right. Huh? Oh, uh, pardon me, sir, but did a blonde girl and a fellow in a gray suit stop here for refreshments? Refreshments? Ten bottles of root beer, six mission orange, three seven-up, five hot dogs, three hamburgers, and two taffy apples. All that? Yep. Now, let's see. What did the girl have? <laughs> never mind, never mind, that's them Come on, Richard Oh, no Oh, look, there they are Going into the crazy house Let's hurry Oh, Al, isn't it fun here in the crazy house? These tricky mirrors are a scream Look how skinny I look <laughs> And you look so fat and sloppy I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm sorry, lady. I, I thought it was looking glass. <laughs> Come on, chicken. Let's try the echo chamber. Oh, it's so dark in here. Yeah, watch this. This is Al. This is Al. Oh, gee, let me try it. Hello. Hello. This is Irma. This is Jane. <laughs> oh, gee, I broke it. Chicken, I think your echo is being followed. Irma. Oh, Irma, thank goodness I found you. Oh, hello, Jane. Happy anniversary. Never mind that, never mind that. Before I explain everything, will you answer me one question? How much money do you have left of that hundred dollars? A hundred and two. A hundred and two? How come? Well, Al's got such a talent for counting out change. The other evening, I noticed Irma doing something very strange. Even for Irma. And I said, uh, pardon me for asking, but why have you put a compass on top of those cakes of swan soap? And Irma said, well, winter is, 
Here, Jane, and you know how birds like to fly south, and I don't want our swans to get lost. (laughs) Well, Jane, no matter what Irma says, she wouldn't be without white floating swan soap for her baths. And there's plenty of reason why a lot of women feel the same way. Now, you see, Swan gives you a brand new kind of beauty lather. Yes, a new kind of beauty lather that's soft and rich, that you smooth onto your skin like whipped cream. A new kind of lather that whisks away dirt, leaves your skin glowingly fresh and clean. And Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather means a wonderful new after-a-bath feeling, too. Yes, your skin is left soft and smooth, not all tight and over-soaked, because Swan rinses away so completely. So... How about trying Swan's new kind of beauty lather yourself? You'll like it for your baths. Well, everything turned out better than I expected. Richard has his hundred dollars back, and me... I'm in bed, and although the mattress isn't moving, I'm still spinning from that trip to Coney Island. Oh, Jane, you know, after Al and I left the merry-go-round, I went to the fortune tellers. Oh, you had your mind read? Yes, and then the man gave me my money back. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, Irma doesn't know why, and Al doesn't know why, but you and I know why, don't we? (laughs) But we won't tell my friend Irma. My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, tune in an hour earlier over most of these same stations for the Lux Radio Theater. And then stay tuned to listen to... Our friend, Swan. With my friend, Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Hans Conried was Professor Kropotkin. Mary Wilson can soon be seen in the Eagle Lion release, Linda Be Good. Ladies, listen... The shortage of fats and oils is still very serious, and it's worldwide. So please keep on saving every single drop of used kitchen fat. Your butcher will pay you for every pound. Frank Bingman speaking. Tune in again to my friend Irma next Monday evening at this same time. This is CBS... The Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Cloak and Dagger, followed by our Miss Brooks. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.